think that we listened to the same podcast this week because the other person used litmus test as a metaphor as well. I'm just a scientist. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> just kidding, I'm not. No, I didn't. Yeah, but. somebody else used litmus test yeah. this week. See, that's, it's little signs like that that let you know that you're on the right path. Welcome to Cadence and Kale, a 30-minute podcast designed to talk over last week's blog post, Endings Equal Beginnings. This is Vale, and my 10-word intro for this week is, I'm glowing after our 40 days meeting and ready to expand. Nice. Um, This is Diane, and my 10-word intro is, I'm walking in the right direction, mostly on the weekends. That's kind of like, aren't we all? (laughs) Right. For this episode, we'll talk about endings, moving into beginnings. We already wrote about it freestyle on the blog. Check it out on cadenceandkale.com, where you can also find the show notes. Today, we'll continue excavating. But before we do, it's important that you know that for the body of the podcast, no edits are made. So we set a 30-minute timer and we talk for 30 minutes. I'm going to ask Vale questions on her blog post and she's going to ask me questions on mine, but neither of us have those questions in advance. So it's raw and it's real and it's very spontaneous. Let's put the magic in motion. Let's do it. As always, we rock scissors paper to see who has power over the first question. Me. She keeps winning. I know. Um, So I'm going to ask the first question to Diane. So you've had many beginnings and endings in your life. How do you think they prepared you for this ending that's coming up and the beginning that will start afterwards? Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't anticipate any questions. Um, I have had a lot of endings. I think everybody, that could be true for everybody. Everybody's had a lot of endings and new beginnings. Um, and some of those endings are endings that we impose ourselves. And some, some of those endings are endings that happen that are out of our control. Um, so I'm going to speak to some of those endings that are out of our control. Um, I, and I think I've mentioned before, I'm not, I don't dwell in the past. I dwell in the future. Um, and so I think that, um, when you, when you are not attached to an outcome and an ending happens, um, I think that later, like as I've grown older in my life, I think I've really learned to give up the control. Like I am not, I don't have control over that ending. Therefore I can either move forward, um, or dwell in the past, and I'm not a past dweller. So I don't, I don't sit in that ending that has happened. Instead, I, I face forward. So because the ending that's coming up, um, 
this Thursday, I will have a hysterectomy. Um, it's my choice. It is my choice and it is in my control. Uh, but I think that I have to heed the same advice that, or experience that I've used in the past and face forward and not look at it like this is the ending, but look at it with the silver lining as the new beginning. It is the beginning of um, a new relationship with my body. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to bear children anymore, for better or worse. <laughs> That's some good birth control. Um, but a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a beginning of peace of mind. It's, um, as we mentioned in the last podcast, this is actually a re-record this podcast. This is the second time that we're doing this podcast. And I did mention before that uh, the peace of mind that comes from it, that that is something that I don't know yet because because I'm having a radical hysterectomy, which means that there's nothing wrong with my uterus and ovaries, but I'm, I test positive for a, a genetic mutation, which increases my possibility of getting cancer by like 15,000 fold. Um, I haven't had to deal with the worry of what if I get cancer because I, I don't live there, but hopefully I avoid that, that worry ever happening. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Vale. Yes. Oh. Do you have an upcoming ending that you're apprehensive about? Give yourself some sage advice. Who upcoming ending? Um I well, you know, I think that so a year and a half ago, I left kind of my nine to fiver job, you know, which created this, maybe it was a false security blanket, but it was this security blanket that I, um, had a really hard time letting go of. Um, and I, um, felt like that was a huge ending that, you know, I wasn't going to be employed by somebody else anymore. And so over this past year and a half, um, you know, I've kind of worked my way into having something that's kind of more, um, fixed as a job. So I'm working on a school schedule, even though I'm working for myself. And in June, um, the end of the school year will come and with it for me also temporarily will end this me working for myself in this way. So I give, um, students one-on-one classes in the afternoons and I'm going to be done with that for at least probably a year, which kind of, again, is that ending. It's not the same security blanket that the school, provided because that was working for someone else. And, and again, this is my choice. Kind of how you talked about this ending is your choice. This ending is my choice. Um, but it also creates that, and I, and I've experienced it before. So I think hopefully going into this, it will be a little bit less challenging, but it creates this kind of vacuum of like, what's, what's next. Um, so if I was going to give myself advice, it would be, that it's all going to work out and something will come next. And I'm somebody who 
really enjoys being challenged, um, being inspired, thinking of different possibilities. Um, and so there will be something that will come after that. I'm not sure what it will look like at all. <laughs> and it's going to be a wild ride probably. But I think just having the peace of mind that whatever it will be, I'll be fine. I will be fine. And almost maybe even the other advice is kind of like ground into that excitement of the new beginning that opens up possibility um, yeah. for what will, what will come next. Yeah. So I have this, I have a vision. I have an image. Oh, of course she does. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the canvas. Uh-huh. And wouldn't it be nice just to have a big canvas with, and you paint it, a door, and that door be the metaphor oh. for the what's next. Yeah. And you know that there's something behind that. There is. You can't see it yet. Yeah. No. And I guess that's why people take pictures. Maybe that's why people take pictures of doors and they put them up. Like, is it a reminder that there are so many doors? Yeah. Well, or that there's always something behind that door. Yeah. You know, and, exactly. and not to be fooled when you can't see exactly. what's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Man, your visuals. I know. They get, I know. really get me going. They I love get... it. <laughs> I'm glad I can get you going. Okay. So, Diane, my second question is, you have two beautiful daughters. If you were going to give them advice about endings and starting again, what advice would it be? Ooh, okay. Well, I'm going to speak in the present because Camila, Cami, is two and eight months old. And Neva is, no, Cami's, yeah, two and eight. Neva's almost eight. I, you guys, maybe Cami's two and nine. Anyways, um, so for Cami, if Cami, for example, she really likes to be at parties, so if she, if we have to go home and she's now sad because the parting's ending, like I, I'm speaking in the present because these are the real things, the, the real issues with two-year-olds, um, then I would say to her, there will be other parties. Um, or I would shed light on what's next, like we can go home and enjoy X, which might be similar to the party. Um, and that's a really, that's a really basic piece of advice. Yeah, but I think, I think adults all over the world deal with FOMO, oh, like yeah. the fear of missing out. Yeah. And I think that that's not wanting to leave the party is like the fear of missing out on what's happening in the party. And so I think as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, sometimes I don't, want to leave this right we had this great meeting this morning and I was like oh it's over oh. you know and just kind of but the and then maybe that's also really enjoying whatever you're doing and right. not worrying about I just had an epiphany okay so great. you were just saying that adults have FOMO because they're afraid of missing out mm -hmm. which is like missing something that's out there but really they should be afraid of like Missing in, missing what's in here. Oh, certainly. But you know I think I mean? that that's the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. They don't realize that it's not out there, it's in here. Their validation, 
and their fun and their companionship and company and yeah. See, Cammy's advice was so good. <laughs> I can't places. wait to hear what you're going to tell Neva. I think we're going to go home and paint doors today. Actually, that's going to be our after our afternoon. <laughs> we're going to paint doors and frame them. Good. Yeah. Cam and when Cammy's older, I'll be like, "This is what that door represents." Not even when she's older. I was going to say, I'm going to have her. I'm going to have that conversation with her today. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's a fun conversation. Okay, so I know that you essentially cannot tell Neva anything that probably will be super comprehensible. Yes. But what, what advice would you give Neva? Um, oof. With Neva, I think it is he, okay. I'm just going to say the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, do it. So I don't think that Neva even understands that certain things end. Mm -hmm. So maybe with Neva, it would be a conversation that some things do end. Mm. Neva and and it can hurt and it can feel sad but that those feelings won't last forever mm. you know like yeah. I'm just thinking of okay, the visual is like a kid with a goldfish which would also be a, an appropriate conversation for Cammy. like mm -hmm. here's a goldfish and the goldfish will eventually die mm-hmm and it will feel sad and it will suck, but you'll also recover. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that those are important conversations because that's real. Mm -hmm. And it, and and it's and I think it's important that you don't you don't always have to beam the light on the silver lining when an ending comes to an end and it sucks because you're allowed to be in a dark place. Mm -hmm. You have to give yourself permission to grieve and feel and and be real about it. So I think that those conversations with the little ones are important too, without going into like detail or just the reality of life and set them up for, yeah, what's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good Neva's going to be like, oh, dad, why is mom so heavy today? <laughs> we're painting doors. We're talking about dead goldfish. <laughs> Yes. Okay, Vale. Question number two. As you change jobs, lost friends, this is from your from your blog. As you changed jobs, lost friends, grew, um, had new opportunities. You said that beautiful souls, new beautiful souls and new opportunities entered your life. Have you been more selective as you've grown older in terms of who you spend your time with and who you invite into your life. Yes. Yeah. That's a definite. Um, you know, I, I always think back on life in school and even um, college. And then kind of, I always felt like my ugly duckling stage was, when I was slow, slowly trying to become a real adult. And I wrote in my blog post, like becoming an adult was super hard for me. I, I really felt that, I don't know, that I didn't know what I was do doing or up to. And I think still at that time, part of that reason was I was still trying to be popular or be liked. And I think that was something I had in my brain I, that I needed to be perfect 
and that everybody should like me. And, and I still hold on to some of those patterns. Like I still tend on the side of people pleasing, um, and needing everything to be just right. Um, and I think as I've gotten older and hopefully wiser, <laughs> yet to be determined, um, that I don't care. Well, I certainly don't care about that. I need to be popular scenario anymore. Um, I really choose to fill up my time, whether it's people or opportunities with things that kind of, it's a, maybe a symbiotic, what's the word? Symbolic? No. Let me, I am not, sometimes when you learn two languages, you begin to forget one, forget the first one. (laughs) Um, but basically that it's a mutual relationship. So you're getting something from this relationship and you're giving something to like it. Like reciprocity. Reciprocity. And yeah. yes. Yeah. And I feel like if I get to a point with a friendship or um, something that I'm doing in my life and I feel like I'm giving everything, um, then it that's kind of the, the clue that maybe this isn't something that um, is a positive force in my life and, and kind of reevaluating. And I think maybe I have less. I, I wouldn't say less opportunity, but, but maybe less, um, and maybe not less friends, but like the contact that I have with those friends. Um, but it's so much deeper. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, um, just beware if you're my friend and we go out to lunch together, the conversation's going to be like, usually not super deep, but it's going to be meaningful. Um, whereas, you know, I think in my twenties we talked about getting manicures and going to the mall and which I love getting manicures still don't get me wrong. Um, but I think, yeah, my, I've gotten more selective and I feel more love in relationships and I feel yeah that I've yeah good you talked about um wanting to be liked interesting oh yeah to be liked does that show up for you now yeah 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 I think Certainly. Um, I'm not always aware of it, but, and, and, it, and it's not like even I'm getting like, because I'm meeting somebody new and I want them to like me. It's more like in my existing relationships, I do things to please people sometimes because I want them to either, um, be happy. Like I'm trying to control to value other, you. Yeah. But You're giving value to the relationship. Yeah, but I think sometimes to the degree that it, I'm not happy, okay. I'm like trying to I make resent. them. No, I'm not. I don't. Not I don't think that I feel resentment. I almost feel like I, I myself am willing to be unhappy to make somebody else happy. Mm-hmm. A simple example would be, um, you know, uh, we're going out to eat, and there's three restaurant options, and I'm gonna say wherever is fine with me. And there's one that I really don't want to go to, 
you know, and inevitably the person picks that one. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, with that. So it's like somewhere the, my voice is lost mm. of, you know, what, and, and without sometimes really realizing it, I'm doing that because I want the other person to either like me or be happy or for their experience to be right. good. Sometimes at the cost of my experience. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to look for the, the win-win. Yeah. The happy medium. And there are, and I think that's the thing. I think so many win-wins, you yeah. know, and I think when you use your voice and you say, you know, and come up with compromises with people, then you end up having a better, experience. better spaghetti. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You might get a meatball too. You might. Oh my! I love meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everyone knows. <laughs> in Mexico, they make these amazing meatballs that have egg in the center and then like a spicy sauce on the outside. Where if you you've get never these tried meatballs? them, if you've never tried these meatballs, you are missing out. Oh my god! Where do you get them? Well, there's one place called Oyon in Polanco that has really good meatballs. Oh wow! But. When we ordered them the other day, my mother-in-law said, I could make better ones at home, and this is a true fact. And, yeah, so sometimes my mother-in-law makes me meatballs. Wow. Yep. Little side note on the life of Vale. I love meatballs. Meatball loving of mm. Meatball loving oil diffusing. <laughs> yeah, I oil diffuse while I'm eating my meatballs. Oh. Okay. You mentioned, this is Vale to Diane, you mentioned in your post that you'll be able to tell your girlfriends what it's like before they walk into the desert desert of dryness and hot flashes. Oh my God. I had to like directly quote because it was just too good not to. So I know now that I'm eventually going to be in the desert of dryness. So my question is, when is, when is your book on the next chapter coming out? And where can I get a copy? <laughs> oh, the book on like um, menopause. Yeah, you're, like you're gonna write a book on on menopause or, or how, on how, early how, menopause. Yeah, how I are, mean, how are you gonna share everything that you're gonna learn with the world? Is basically well, the question. I don't know so much that it's that I'm gonna learn anything, but that I'm going to experience it. Mm. And I mean, I'm not the first person. I'm not trailblazing here. I'm not the first woman to have a hysterectomy in her 40s. Um, so I'm sure that there's some women who have walked this desert. <laughs> oh, walked through that desert. There's got to be an oasis. Me. And there's that's the thing. Be an oasis. You're going to find the oasis. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. See, I, I listened to another podcast this week as well that was uh, and somebody... Uh, you guys, I listen to so many podcasts that I I can only sometimes keep them organized in my head right now. Um, but basically, they were saying that it's okay to share things that, that are personal, but not okay to share things that are intimate. So I had a lot of, for many times this week, I had to think to myself, like, what is, where is the border between personal and intimate? And what is personal to me might be intimate to somebody else, and what is intimate to me might be personal to somebody else. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how much I'm going to share. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to be a raging bitch on Friday. 
<laughs> I doubt it. And be like, I don't know, having hot flashes and figuring it all out. I don't know. I have no idea what to expect. All I know is that when I have PMS and when I was pregnant, I was not hormonal at all. Like I don't get bad PMS. I don't get bitchy. I don't, I never got emotional while I was pregnant. Something happened to me like a couple, three weeks ago or two weeks ago where I was like crying every day, but I don't, I'll chalk that up to like anticipating this ending and and having feelings about it and then feeling those feelings and allowing myself to cry. Um, I don't know what to expect. So I'm just going to leave it there and, and not expect anything and not get my knickers in a knot and meet me on the other side. <laughs> I'll let you know. I really loved that thing about the distinction between sharing something that's personal but not intimate. Because um, I think, you know, um, it is good to be vulnerable and share things. But I think something that always comes into my head is not that overshare where you're making other people yeah. feel uncomfortable. Um, I think that's maybe a good litmus test of like, am I sharing something that's personal but not way too too intimate? I think that we listened to the same podcast this week because the other person used litmus test as a metaphor as well. I'm just a scientist. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just kidding, I'm not. No, I didn't. Yeah, but... somebody else used litmus test yeah. this week. See, that's, it's little signs like that that let you know that you're on the right path. Like mm-hmm. the word litmus test, come on. When was the last time that that word came up in your life? Other than seventh grade science class. Yeah, it was seventh grade science. Right. No, I sometimes use it. I don't think I've ever heard you use it. Uh, probably not. You and that other person. See, I'm going to dig up these two podcasts this week so that we can put them in the show notes. It's like I'm losing my English, but I still have litmus tests in there somewhere. <laughs> in the recesses of my English brain. It's amazing. <laughs> in a crevice. I love it. Yeah. Okay, Vale. Um, question number three. You... End your post with a spectacular Naira Wahid quote slash poem, which you can find on the blog. Can you describe a time when you felt like the world or your world was ending and what happened after? Um, okay. I'm going to speak in our first podcast. I, I spoke about this. Um, and so I'll hopefully be as authentic speaking about it again the second time. But um, last March, I had a miscarriage um, after years of trying to get pregnant and doing everything under the sun that you have to do to try to get pregnant if you're dealing with infertility issues, um, which, which we were. Um, and it was my first pregnancy. It was the first time I got pregnant. And, um, you know, it, you know, I, you know, got pregnant and there was some joy there. There was some hope, but there was definitely a lot of fear, um, that something would happen. And, and then it did, you know, and I really felt that, um, the world was ending. And, and I discovered that quote actually, right around the time that I had that miscarriage. And it talks about, you know, your, your world is ending, but you wake up and 
and there's a new day. And I really, I really thought about that a lot. Um, and, um, and just as Diane mentioned at a certain point already that, you know, I really let myself be in that dark, this is terrible. My world has ended place for a while without being able to really understand the silver lining of, of what was happening. Um, but I knew the silver lining was there. Um, and, and I knew that eventually the sun would rise one day and I would look at that sunrise and I would think it was beautiful again. And I would have a smile on my face and I would be ready to take on life again. Um, so what happened after was more growth than I could have ever expected. Um, and I think the biggest piece is kind of this whole endings and beginnings theme is that now I understand that while I am here and the sun is setting and rising, that when the ending happens, I will be able to begin again. And um, I might not be the same and, um, actually kind of, I, I hope I'm not the same. I hope I'm better and cooler and wiser. Um, but that, yeah, I will, I will rise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. And as you were saying that you said, I hope I'm you said, we, yeah, you wouldn't be the same. And then you said, I hope I'm not the same. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, yeah, because if you weren't a changed person, mm -hmm. then what is that experience for? Right. You know, that experience has changed you for the better. Right. And it hurt. Yeah. And experiences, I mean, when you're changed for the better, it doesn't mean it was easy or that it didn't suck and it didn't hurt. I think it usually does. Like, yeah, it's like growth, growth is... Do you remember the lobster story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so lobsters stay in their shell until they don't fit in their shell anymore. And they have to, like, be cramped and cramped and cramped. And when they feel like they are ready, and when they don't fit in their shell anymore, they shed their shell and they grow a new one. Mm -hmm. They have to grow a new one. Mm -hmm. In order to grow. Yeah, they and have to get that's rid of so their, interesting. Yeah. I think... Whether you decide that you have had enough of your shell or the shell gets ripped off of yep. you, when you start again after that ending, you are kind of unprotected. Yeah. You know? You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. And so you really have to do the work to grow that yeah. armor and, and, and um, learn and, your strength. Yeah. And so much magic happens in vulnerability. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like always, we can't get through our five questions I because I think we did three and three though, yeah, so that was equitable. So that was good. Yeah. Um. So we are going to end with a little activity for Vale. Um. So the theme is endings. Endings equal beginnings. I'm going to read some endings, like the beginning of a blank. Is, sorry, the ending of a blank is the beginning of 
Oh. And you have to finish. I love that. You have to give the new beginning. You're so creative. Well, and these are all, this was, this list was so easy to come up with last night because I was like, what things do I, am I always like, oh, it's the end of. Uh-huh. And I, yeah. So I'm interested to see what your, where your silver lining will go. Okay. Okay. The ending of a weekend is the beginning of. Ooh, that is a hard one. Um. Like, the ending of the weekend is the beginning of you having, like, there's more possibility, there's possibility in that week to create something new. Okay. The ending of a long, hot shower is the beginning of? A comfy towel and, yeah. The ending of an amazing massage from Mark Basil is the beginning of? Well, it's just the beginning of your body being different and feeling renewed and rejuvenated. Go get a Mark Basil massage. Yes, in the if show you, notes. If you, if you live in Mexico City. Okay. The ending of a lactose-free ice cream cone is the beginning of... Oh, gosh. Like, there's nothing good about that. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's the beginning of searching for something else that brings you joy. Another ice cream cone. Which might be another <laughs> ice cream cone. A double scoop next time. The ending of an awesome series on Netflix is the beginning of? Um, real human connection. Very good. Very good. The, be- the ending of a good book is the beginning of? Oh, that's another hard one for me because I love to read. So I'm almost always, but it, you know, it's, it's what reading is going to come next. Um, but also kind of maybe even giving yourself like a few like days or minutes or hours to really let whatever you learned or experienced in that book to sink in. Nice. We're going to end there on the good book. It really reminded me of Another quote, I started writing this book, like, it's called Morph, and that is an acronym for something I'm not going to say because it's so good. I'm just going to hold on to it. Um, But I start the book with a quote that says, a true good has no ending for when it ends, you must start living on the hinge of it or something like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't quote it properly, but that's like what you say. Like, well, you have to take a little bit of every, like a little bit from every ending. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you said, like, why, why would you go through an ending and beginning experience if you didn't grow and you didn't learn something, you didn't take something away from it? You didn't come out better. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, we just thank you so much for joining us on our little podcast journey. Yes. Do not forget to rate and review if you haven't already. And if you have, thank you so much. Those ratings and reviews help us. Um, with iTunes to be found and also to kind of move up in the podcast world as well. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for a sponsor. As much as we love to do this, it does take us time. Um, And so if you'd like to sponsor this show, please get in touch with Vale or myself, Diane. And thank you to Kelly and Kyle Music for our intro and exit riff. Today we're going to be ending with a little clip from a new song of theirs, though. You can find it on Spotify, and it's called 
missing home. Hasta luego. Until next week. I've been chasing every memory, so I've been feeling alone. I've been missing. Feeling